They're calling it the global reset. Almost like a new heavens and new earth. Absolutely. The paganism. Welcome to the Truth Exchange podcast. This is a unique podcast where we have conversations about worldview all through the lens of oneism and twoism. This lens is based on Romans 125. We've exchanged the truth of God for the lie, worship and serve creation rather than the creator who is blessed forevermore. I'm your host, Joshua Gilo, and again, I have Pamela Frost with me. Hey, Pam. Hey, Joshua. Nice to be with you. It's good to have you back on the program. We are going to do a part two on this Karma Summit because I feel um, after episode one, we only just barely cracked the lid and we just took a 3,000 foot view on things and then got sidetracked with a number of things. Um, Not to say that the content that was produced is is not important, but um, there, I think there were some other things that really um, you could have addressed. So I'm just going to go really quickly um, and point out that the Karma Summit was an event that happened this year, 2020, July 23rd and 24th. And that it was... Actually, it was the 22nd and 23rd. 22nd, 23rd. Thank you. And it was by a company called Gudera. Yeah, G-O-O-D-E-R-A, Gudera. Okay. And it had over 4,000 participants, online participants, which you were one of them, from 42 countries. And that the general focus was to create a permanent new normal. Yes. Uh, you, there was actually something, um, there was a specific language that, um, let's see here, I'm trying to find it, uh, and maybe you have it in front of you, that their vision well, was. Yeah, if I, if I could just share the, the vision, the, the defining vision. Um, I took this from the um, Gudera website, and he introduced on his website, at least to me, these were new terms, and these terms played um, an important role setting the ideological boundaries for the entire event. So I want people to understand this. Uh, Let me just read this one. It's a fairly brief statement. Gudera is the world's leading technology platform for CSR, CSR stands for Corporate Social Responsibility, okay, Volunteering and Sustainability. Gudera's products simplify and enhance your employee engagement programs, track global social impact, and improve your ESG performance. Okay, ESG stands for environmental, social, and corporate governance. These are globalist, universalist terms. They are essentially rooted in um, and uh, under the auspices following, following the dictates. Not, they're not technically under the auspices of the United Nations, but they're following the dictates of the United Nations Sustainable Development Goals in particular, which was part of Agenda 21, uh, which has now been pushed up to um, Agenda 2030. So let me just give a little bit of insight into what these terms mean. Um, I said Gudera is a, a world's leading technology platform for CSR, um, <clears throat> corporate social responsibility. This is a broad globalist um, ideology that 
in, in accord with the World Economic Forum, and I, I realize that there's just a whole lot of pieces here interlacing. Um, the World Economic Forum is working towards a global reset of everything. Karma Summit 2020 is working towards a global reset of everything. And the principle of corporate social responsibility is based on what's called by both Karma Summit 2020 participants and the World Economic Forum, stakeholder capitalism. Okay, I, I just want people to understand that's code terminology for the implementation of a global Marxist economic uh, strategy for the redistribution of wealth, the elimination of private property, and the uniting of global, you know, everyone in the globe as a global citizenry that are united as one. Everyone is interconnected. Nobody is left out. Nobody can be um, kind of left behind or do their own thing. It's, it's really uh, groupthink and, and absolutely mandatory groupthink. Let me just, if you don't mind, I can continue here mm -hmm, mm -hmm. with the definitions, the, because they're so important, and I want people to understand this. Um, so just particularly when, when this corporate social responsibility um, is based on what's called stakeholder capitalism. Stakeholder capitalism means that everybody has a stake in your corporation. No matter how big or how small, you're not, you may have developed it and, and been entrepreneurial, but it's not yours. You don't have a right to it. Every stakeholder, everyone in the world is a stakeholder. So it's really this Marxist ideology of equity, equal outcomes for everybody, redistribution of wealth. Nobody owns really anything. And it put me in mind back to Barack Obama when he said clearly to businesses, you didn't build this. I, I don't know if you remember that, yeah. you know, and he was talking about be the change. Mm -hmm. Well, this is really um, on steroids, kind of the fulfillment of that and COVID-19 lockdown has provided the, um, the opportunity to implement this based on global volunteerism. Let me just give some more definition to the second um, uh, acronym of ESG, Environmental, Social, and Corporate Governance. Okay, I looked that up. I had to look it up. This was a new term to me. What the ESG goals focus on the environment, social concerns, corporate government concerns, responsible investment um, in accordance with United Nations Sustainable Development Goals. Um, mm -hmm. So all of these terms are redefined in terms uh, through a globalist framework, not through a biblical framework. Right. Um, environmental concerns, obviously, they're very concerned with climate change and what's called sustainability. They're not concerned, honestly, um, the United Nations is not concerned with true human flourishing, but with, because they're very focused on planetary worship, the worship of the creation rather than the creator. And just as a footnote here, 
We need to understand that the United Nations is largely established on the teachings of the theosophist Alice Bailey, who um, was uh, receiving uh, 24, she received 24 channeled books through a so-called ascended master that appeared to her as uh, under the name of Jual Kuhl, uh, K-H-U-L, um, or just simply called himself the Tibetan. So she was receiving this information from the spirit world by a spirit guide. Um, and it calls for the complete overthrow of Christianity, of Western freedoms, which um, this spirit called the Black Lodge in order to build the White Lodge, which is globalist um, ideology implemented worldwide under the control of these uh, ascended masters. Um, I, sorry to hit everybody with that, but it, it, we need some context here. Yeah, yeah. When, when you do a, um, uh, a global reset, Typically, when you want to restart, my wife and I, we have this thing that we've done. We've been married going on 15 years, and we have this thing that we've always done from day one. When, when I usually mess up and say something hastily, I say, I'm sorry, can I have a do-over? And it's a reset. And it's a chance for me to do something over or say something again without doing it in, in a negative way, right? Something that's going to... Bridge that gap. Let's make peace. When they are doing a global reset, if that is their background, that is their context where they are hostile to Christianity, this global reset is not going to um, embrace a Christian worldview. Not at all. In fact, all religions in this new paradigm have to be completely reinterpreted according to what they call the, the um, principle of global international compassion. Hmm. Now, from last time I explained that that compassion is a, uh, um, based on the Dalai Lama, the mm -hmm. um, head of Tibetan Buddhism, on his preaching of the practice of, of mindfulness meditation as the means to establish global uh, compassion and loving kindness. So this redefining all religion, including Christianity and probably especially Christianity, according to compassion, means there's no tolerance for the Christian gospel. This has an entirely different gospel. This gospel, in fact, comes from Genesis 3, which I would, I would just like to read uh, really quickly here to set the context. Now the serpent was more crafty than any beast of the field, which the Lord God had made. He, and he said to the woman, indeed, has God said? So, I mean, it's really undermining the authority of the word of God. And then he says, you shall, uh, has God said, you shall not eat from any tree of the garden? The woman said to the serpent, from the fruit of the tree in the garden, we may eat. But from the fruit of the tree, which is the middle of the garden, God has said, you shall not eat from it or touch it, or you will die. So what does the serpent say? Oh, uh, you surely will not die. He completely rebels against, and remember, rebellion is the sin of witchcraft. He rebels against God, urging human beings from the beginning to rebel against God, denying that the wages of sin is death when the wages of sin really is death, 
Um, and he says, for God knows in the day you eat from it, your eyes will be opened. Okay, here's a Gnostic kind of enlightenment, a false mystical awakening. You will be like God, knowing good and evil. You're going to redefine everything according to your own uh, fallen idea based on piercing into the forbidden spirit world to gain enlightenment and awakening and then think you have some kind of super knowledge so you know the woman was taken in humanity fell we all have fall uh, um, fallen short of the glory of god all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of god but the free gift of god is eternal life in christ jesus so that's the good news in a nutshell um and yet uh uh, Karma Summit 2020 is claiming that deep within the heart of all humanity, particularly in the hearts of children, um, all are good. There's no original sin. There's no fall. We just have forgotten our original goodness and our original compassion. So like you say, I mean, this is a complete 180 twist from the gospel, the biblical gospel of Christ, Christ's blood atonement for sinners, to the old, ancient social gospel of human flourishing by human works. This is all based on our own inner goodness, discovering our, uh, well, as I'm going to demonstrate a bit further here, it's actually based on our discovering our own inner divinity and i have that and now documented so just uh, just to continue with these esg goal, goals environmental concerns climate change sustainability social concerns diversity and inclusion um, of course human rights consumer protection animal welfare a lot of these terms you think oh well that sounds good all of these have to be interpreted through the grid of what they mean in terms of the United Nation World Economic Forum and the globalist agenda. They don't mean what we think they mean. Corporate governance concerns. In other words, everything with the way corporations are governed has to change, including executive and employee compensation. It's all got to be equalized. Um, and then responsible investment. It's not, it's not the way Christians would think of that. I mean, maybe we don't want to invest in uh, providers of abortion, for instance, you know, I mean, that would be responsible investing. You don't want to abort, uh, invest in supporting Planned Parenthood, right. but that's not what they mean. Their investment strategies are based on what are called equator principles to advance a, essentially a one world global globalist plan based on equity redistribution of wealth so um and just <clears throat> i would like to quickly if you will allow me the time joshua these terms sustainable development goals tie because they, they refer to that terminology throughout the many of the speakers say yes we've got to align ourselves with the united nations sustainable development goals. Um, I believe there are 17 uh, goals uh, <clears throat> of sustainable development. I'm sorry, real quick. And Gudera is, um, I think last time we talked, 
you weren't sure uh, more about this company, is that right? Was that, or am I thinking of a different company? Maybe you're thinking of a different company. Okay, so, but Gudera, it, is it hosting itself as a type of life coach? Corporate uh, coach. What's that? Corporate coach. A corporate coach to, yeah. to change, change the way businesses operate around the world. What I did mm -hmm. discover is that they've actually been quite active and the influence is quite widespread. Um, and the three sustainable development goals that tie in with Agenda 21, they're just really quick. This yep. is important to understand. Yep, let's go back. The Agenda 21, which is actually an almost 400-page document of the United Nations, um, it, it can just be easily summarized by the three E's. Um, ecology. <laughs> <laughs> environment, that was the word I was looking for. Environment, uh, economics, and equity. Environment, economics, and equity. Okay. Equity is a word that means equal outcomes for everybody. It, mm. signif it signifies the redistribution of wealth. These are essentially oneist ideologies uh, really well encapsulated and illustrated in Marxism. You look at communist countries, these, these are principles behind them. Um, environmentalism, not, well, it would be the rewilding of the earth, the elimination of, pop, of, of human population. Um, some of these globalists well, a lot of them, when you really dig down, they want to eliminate the Earth's population down to 500 million. Mm -hmm. um, so this isn't exactly humanitarian, it's Earthitarian in a sense. And it's really based in the worship of the Earth as divine Gaia, Mother Earth, the Mother Goddess. Um, and then with economics, it again ties into equity. Economics then have to be um, uh, universal, equal distribution and outcomes. So I just wanted to set that as a framework because these are the ideologies driving Karma Summit 2020 and the World Economic Forum, which is closely, I found their goals to be closely aligned. Both entities are calling for a global reset of everything everything once once um once the reset is to take place who do they envision being the power brokers um i that's a really good question or does that get um, into conspiracy theory kind of thing no i i think it really if we look back in the history of the implementation of marxism um it always starts out being a populist movement, like for instance now, uh, racial equity uh, through Black Lives Matters um, is, was one of the things really promoted um, in the summit. And um, so you have a people-driven movement, bottom up, they have to get a mass of people to a tipping point that it will be 
driven by bottom up. Everybody thinks we're going to tear down the old in a revolution because the old is evil and we're going to tear it down and we're going to rebuild in its place the new good and we're all going to be happy, wealthy, and ruling in collaboration with everybody else. We're going to harmonize and work perfectly together. However, uh, that is not human nature. The, the quality or the quality that takes place in conversation, I, I, it just dawned on me, you know, you see this language of let's just have a conversation and you think that it's going to be, you know, flat. <laughs> it just doesn't, life doesn't work out that way. No, and, and always within the, these kind of settings, uh, tyrannical mm -hmm. leaders arise. And what I sensed through this, um, there were representatives of the United Nations um, participating in some of the um, uh, fireside chats and the workshops, the panel discussions. Um, where, where I suspect this ultimately goes is under the authority of the United Nations, which already is trying to implement world courts, for instance, bring criminal charges against the United States military and an international criminal court for crimes against humanity. I mean, it takes away, these are unelected officials, um, uh, un, un, they don't have any accountability. They're completely unaccountable to like American populations. Uh, or any any country, the United Nations is a globalist organization accountable only to itself, and it's trying to top down implement um, control over the earth. I see Karma Summit 2020 is really playing into this with a bottom up movement of creating a mindset of volunteerism, particularly among young people, um, redesigning uh, corporations. Uh, changing the ideology uh, economically behind corporate structures um, to be a bottom-up movement, but then where it converges and ultimately meets, as, as I see it, is under the iron fist of the United Nations, which um, uh, even um, Gutierrez, the, the current Secretary General of the United Nations, has been saying, well, in light of the pandemic of COVID-19, the, you know, the, the, the nations of the world should give um, temporary governmental control, global governmental control to the United Nations. So I mean, that, right. desi that desire, that goal is stated, it's there. <laughs> so sure. Here you go. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, so beneath all the wonderful language and rhetoric and the promises of global compassion and we're all going to get along and it's going to be a new normal, fallen humanity without the redemptive grace of Jesus Christ will always implode and devour itself and enslave the masses. You look at any communist regime, once they gain power, how many people do they kill? They just kill with impunity. Kill, kill, kill. Mm -hmm. um, who, who came to steal, uh, uh, destroy? Satan came to steal, kill, and destroy. 
So who does it sound like? Right. So. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so this reset system, this, this uh, you had said this word, technical, technological tower of Babel um, is a work system based on volunteerism and it assumes the inner goodness, which uh, I, I don't have a problem with volunteering for things, but inner goodness, that's obviously that strikes massively against the Christian worldview because we're not. Well, even the, <coughs> the volunteerism, let me just take a drink of water. Yeah, I'd like to. I'd like to kind of camp out there if uh -huh. if you could kind of explore that because you you, yeah. you had mentioned some things, um, and I had watched a interview with a guy that was up in Kenosha, uh, Wisconsin, um, recently. You know, they, they had that the, the horrible protest and riot, and and the burning of all these buildings and and the shootings, um, and and he had mentioned that. A number of people that were involved in this riot were not native to Kenosha. Like they were bused in or they traveled to. Yeah. Which is, is that part of the volunteerism that you're, you're talking about? Well, the, the idea of, of, glo of a global movement of volunteerism, it's, it's based on the idea that man in and of himself in his goodness uh everybody's got a team together as volunteers to make the world into utopia essentially i don't believe they used the word utopia mm -hmm. but that really was the principle they were aiming at we're going to do it's a, a new normal that is based on goodness and compassion inner compassion every human being has inner compassion so they are, uh, and I, I, had, I discovered looking a little bit further into some of the participants in this and discovered these principles have been embedded in some of our major corporations for much longer, probably at least 10 years, if not longer. Really? These ideologies have been at work restructuring corporate thinking and structure um, for quite a long time. Um, so I think a lot of the world's corporations are operating on two levels. On one level, they're operating to make a profit sure. and to pay dividends to their shareholders. And on another level, they have a rising um, uh, bottom-up uh, executive um, uh, path for people with completely different visions and ideology of what corporates, uh, corporations are for. And it's, it's the volunteerism is based on universalism. You're really your comparison to the Black Lives Matters riots and the fact that um, they bring in anarchists from outside areas. I mean, it's it's a loosely organized but also very organized on one level um, movement aimed at the destruction of the old normal, especially tearing down all Judeo-Christian structures. Mm -hmm. um, you know, even they wanted to, in some areas they've decapitated uh, a statue of Mary. You know, we as Protestant 
evangelical believers aren't real fond of statues of Mary, but, <laughs> but for people to decapitate a statue of Mary is really significant um, in its uh, condemnation of Christianity in general. They're tearing down uh, statues of a white Jesus. They want a Jesus of color. So they're recreating Jesus. I mean, Jesus is Jewish anyways. So he should have looked a lot more Jewish <laughs> than we've depicted him anyways. Um, but this kind of, it, it was interesting that in um, one of the talks, they were talking particularly about, let me see if I can find the exact wording. Um, okay, they here, this is one of the comments from one of the presenters in a fireside chat led by nonprofit leaders called the Radical Reset and Adapting to the New Normal. Okay, this is one of the statements. The racial movement is almost like a racial pandemic and has become the platform around the world for social change agents. So what you brought up about Kenosha you see, I mean, we've all seen on the news, the, they're importing the social change agents based on the um, racial movement, which is, they are claiming is equal to the COVID pandemic. It's, it's a racial pandemic. That, that was the terminology that was actually used. Thought that was very interesting. Creating this platform for social change agents to literally come in. Remember, in the beginning of these riots, they were going after tearing down our history, tearing down statues, mm -hmm. until President Trump said, well, I, I, I guess by executive order, I don't know how he quite did that, but he said, fine, you wanna tear down statues, you will have a mandatory automatic, <laughs> no, no reprieve, 10-year, uh, jail term so go ahead go for it and and then this tearing down of statues immediately stopped uh yeah. thankfully because in any in any historically in any communist takeover um <clears throat> you of any nation you will see the tear down of all the history the annihilation of the history of that nation and the reestablishment of a new ideology based completely on the Marxist uh, planks and mm -hmm. ideology. So yeah, it's very interesting how these things intersect. I was going through some of, some of your notes had, uh, one of the talks had mentioned fixing gender, uh, where is it, uh, disparity? Yeah. What is that? Well, again, let me just flip through here because I want to find the title. That was on... Um... Yeah, here it is. Um, there was a panel discussion by moderator uh, Mark Kramer, founder of the company FSG, which I still don't know what the FSG stands for, the initials. <clears throat> oh, that's um, what it was. Mm -hmm. That's what it was. That's the one I couldn't think of. Um... Reimagining social change and from his website that company uh says the launch of identity affinity groups 
for African diaspora, LGBTQIA plus allies, and then et cetera, et cetera, and creating gender circles. So um, gender diversity, of course, we're talking here, all of this terminology is LGBTQ advancement, transgenderism advancement, um, sexual confusion um, advancement. And I, this week, I was reading an article by uh, researcher Carl Teichrib, who has um, given a lecture for Truth Exchange in the past. And he had attended, if I, I can just share an insight here, mm-hmm. I thought it really pertained. I, 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 I loved what he um, Carl's a good guy. We, we had him on the program a couple years ago, and we talked about uh, the Burning Man, which, which yeah. actually, they did the Burning Man this year in San Francisco. Yeah, and Gavin Newsom was not happy. <laughs> <laughs> but the pagans went for it anyway. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you can never stop a good pagan. Um, okay, so anyways. Carl attends, I mean, I don't know how he does it, but he attends all these pagan events. And one of them he attended was called Getting Straight with Spirit. Mm. And he ran into um, uh, a man who was speaking. Um, He had attended a public high school and then took a personality test plotting gender and sexuality. I actually didn't know that personality tests did plot gender and sexuality now. The results aligned with androgyny, meaning male and female in one body, all is one. Um, and as Peter Jones, our boss, has, has made so clear that uh, the androgynous, you know, uh, he, she, male, female in one body is uh, part of pagan ritual of the shaman the homosexual shaman. It's part of magic ritual. So Carl goes on and says, uh, later he had an unusual experience leading him to gender identity with his spirit. I thought this was very important insight that Carl um, learned from this guy, this pagan man, uh, and, and not with his physical body. And I think that in terms of the explosion of LGBTQ, transgenderism, uh, gender confusion, gender dysphoria, I think this nailed it on the head. His gender identity was, was aligned with his spirit, not with his body. So there's a Gnostic kind of false dualistic detachment from the spirit and the body. He goes on after reading which book, witchcraft books in his teen years, he stepped into the fairy tradition. I mean, they really believe in fairies, um, which remains his pagan home. Hence, and, and so he was following fairy origin cosmology, uh, which uh, he evidently shared with the group. And then um, Carl describes it as, Uh, This underscored the discussion. Before time began, the divine she-he, the God herself, 
looked upon the void curvature of space and saw her own reflective beauty as the deity and image embraced <clears throat> as the deity and image so the reflected image of the deity the 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 goddess as the deity and image embraced in an act of quote holy lust unquote her orgasm burst forth a stream of creative energy that birthed the physical universe and the realm of spirit including shining ones and humankind mm. spirit and matter are therefore intertwined fractals of god herself isn't i mean this was just mind-blowing to me i thought this insight here is exactly i mean isn't this really the spirit behind the transgenderism the lgbtq what and and the the push for it it's a spirituality that is in direct rebellion against the creator creation distinction and against all the god defined binaries of the word of god mm. and it's and so it's therefore in rebellion against actual reality and this rebellion as we know from scripture rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft so yeah. that means there's spiritual power behind it but not of a good kind that's incredible yeah so anyways when um when karma summit 2020 was talking about inclusivity mm -hmm. and um gender identity this is really what we're talking about i mean it's it's a it's a global movement to accept absolutely anything and everything that they define as good which would mean the eradication and the rejection of christianity mm -hmm. Because Christianity is absolutely, biblical Christianity is aligned against all of this. Biblical Christianity sets boundaries for nations and holds rulers accountable. Biblical Christianity teaches um, the ownership of private property and to take from one person uh, by force and give to another is thief. It's, I mean, really, the, um, the tenants... Uh, ten, tenets of the uh, Karma Summit 2020 are, are just directly in violation of the Ten Commandments. Mm. And if I may, I, I know, if, and I apologize, I feel like I'm going all over the place, but I don't know I don't, how no, else no, to address it because it goes all over the place. Yeah. One thing I did um, since our last talk was I went online and I listened to the 2014 Nobel laureate speech of Kailash Satyarthi, who is an Indian man, a Hindu, I, be, I believe. Um, he is a child, child rights activist. Uh, he has uh, organized a million man march against child labor and child slavery. I mean, 
we would be in agreement. We're, we're against child labor and child slavery. Who isn't, right? I mean, right. of course. Um, that goes without saying. Scripture, I mean, oh my goodness, you know, God holds children precious, valuable. You're not to harm them and enslave them and abuse them, misuse them, kill them. So, you know, he's standing against these things. Okay, the context he's doing it in, listen to where he goes. He's a proponent of absolute unilateral globalization. He says, we are connected now through high-speed internet, goods and services exchanged in one single global market. Flights connect the corners of the globe, <clears throat> but one serious disconnect exists, and that is the lack of compassion. So he is also like the um, uh, Abhishek Humbad, the, the coordinator of this Karma Summit 2020. He says, we need to globalize compassion, transforming individuals, <clears throat> transforming individual compassion into global compassion. We have to begin with the children. So here, the target is education. Mm -hmm. Target the children, not to educate them, to learn uh, science, math, reading, writing, arithmetic, the basics, and to learn to think and to be able to truly critically uh, um, analyze ideas and um, things that are going on through a biblical lens, which is the true lens. Um, he says, let us unite the world through the compassion of our children. This compassion that he envisions in the children is a universalist globalist compassion devoid of any knowledge of the biblical gospel at all. This is based on human flourishing, the idea of inner human goodness. Let us democratize knowledge. Okay, think about that. Democrat that democratize knowledge. It means there is no absolute truth above that's transcendent. Like we know the word of God is the highest and final authority. It is an inerrant, it is authoritative, it is revealed from God. It is direct God-given revelation of his word, um, reveals his redemption and his law. I should say the other way, his law, we all fall short, and, we, and his redemption. He sent the Redeemer, um, but his law also instructs us mm -hmm. So, and, mm -hmm. is, and is absolute. Um, we're not redeemed by it, but redeemed people love the law of God. That's right. Um, so he says, uh, let us democratize knowledge. That means all ideologies around the world, whether it's uh, Karl Marx, uh, animistic, uh, knowledge of, of shamans, witch doctors, uh, whether it comes from the spirit realm, whether it's the doctrines of demons, whether it's humanistic philosophy, it has to all be democratized and have an equal voice and thus be assimilated in a process toward creating a universal knowledge. It's kind of like um, the perennial philosophy that beneath the world's religions, they all at their core 
believe the same thing that all is one and all is divine. Mm -hmm. And so you've got to, I mean, this is a thoroughly oneist ideology. And that's where the, the, the mindfulness meditation comes in that we spoke about a little bit is that, that the mindfulness gets us all connected onto that same plain level of, wow. Yes. And very, and, and that's such a good um, point you've just brought in Joshua, because uh, how mindfulness meditation can really facilitate the democratization of knowledge yeah. because it, it, by, by practicing it, you focus intensely on nothing but the present moment while focusing on your breath. Mm-hmm. And then you function. Okay, you go about your job, your daily life, but you're in a hypnotic trance state where you're suspending judgment. It's, it's really an existentialist state of mind, a kind of a just isness, and you it's function a- that. It's a song too. Let's throw off the fetters of the Lord. Amen. Exactly. Exactly what it is. And then he goes on after democratization of knowledge. He says, universal justice. Hmm. I mean, again, this idea embodied within the idea of universal justice would again mean equal outcomes for all the people of the world. So it particularly, um, globalists particularly want to target the destruction of American exceptionalism, of our prosperity, of the foundations of our nation, essentially in a Judeo-Christian worldview that has allowed us to build upon that foundation and to succeed. Now, that's not to say that there has not been greed and misuse and abuse, of course, People are fallen, all of sin and fall short of the glory of God. So we're not idealistic about America, yet it has <clears throat> proven historically to be the most fair and uh, uh, system in the world that has offered the most opportunity for success to the most people ever on the planet. That that really they didn't, he didn't specifically say America's got to go, but when this, within this idea of universalized justice, that, that's kind of an intrinsic idea <clears throat> beneath the surface. And then he goes on and he says, we must globalize compassion. Globalizing compassion is going to mean um, uh, government-given income for everyone, for everyone. So this is, um, they say this is a bottom-up movement, but it was, it's going to end in a top-down control system. Yeah. Where instead of worshiping the creator, you're worshiping the state as divine. You're worshiping the creation, but the, the state now seizes the power. Individuals no longer have the right to private property, they no longer have the right uh, to raise their families in accordance with their beliefs. This is all democratized, universalized, equalized. So this is a very oneist, in, uh, absolutely inclusive. Nobody can sit this out. In fact, um, in the very beginning of Karma Summit 2020, Abhishek, uh, well, th- these, these were the 
phrases that were flashing on the screen before the summit began. Uh, it, it was described as a dialogue for rebuilding our communities. This year has been more challenging than ever before. We need to rebuild our communities. All of us have a role to play. You have a role to play. There's a lot to do and we have to do it together. The um, globalization of compassion, universalization of justice and the democratization of knowledge there's <clears throat> the largest online, and then he, then he says it's the largest online summit on doing good. Mm. But let me just finish here because this really, where um, Kailash Safiardi goes is amazing. This is how he ended his Nobel laureate speech. I call for a march from exploitation to education. Okay, well, that sounds good except the education is gonna be a globalist education, not, not the basics of learning. From slavery to liberty, from violence to peace, from ignorance to awakening, think back to Genesis three, you will be like God knowing good and evil. You're gonna have a great enlightenment awakening. This is, this is what he's talking about. From darkness to light, now, this is his final statement. From mortality to divinity. Whoa. Let us march. There it is. <laughs> there it is. That's the, amazing. The, the oneist ideology right there. Let us march from mortality to divinity. And the title of his speech was called Let Us March. So he's one of the prominent speakers at um, Karma Summit 2020. Um, as I mentioned last time, during another uh, fireside chat that he participated in, um, he mentioned that he uh, works in collaboration with the Dalai Lama, spreading compassion, uh, the, the Dalai Lama's uh, vision of compassion, which I've already expressed the Dalai Lama's compassion and loving kindness is based on the practice of mindfulness meditation. So I, I realize I am throwing out a ton of ideas here. Um, I don't know, <laughs> I hope I'm not overwhelming everybody. No, no well, <laughs> <laughs> I, I think it's been, it's very clear. I, what's been running through my mind now though for the past five minutes is, so this was at the end of July, we're now, Again, close to mid-September, and I'm going to assume that that these 3,999 attendees of the Karma Summit are are in full swing in action, um, <laughs> <laughs> and you know we're coming up close on 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 elections, but some of this is it's so dependent upon on on COVID and what all dependent on COVID. And the fear mongering that that has brought. I mean, I was just listening this morning um, to the news and they were talking about New York and how businesses are in a panic because the mayor is not going to allow um, restaurants to open up uh, indoor eating and it's getting cold in New York. The, the, everything's, you know, shifting. So, 
and I just think like that, I mean, the economic oppression that's going to bring, um, I mean, that is going to call, this is going to call for a reset of some sort. And then schools, schools now in, in somewhat swing. I've been watching, you know, um, my friends on social media talk about the challenges that, that COVID has brought to the education system. Um, uh, and and the um, well, they're they're being pushed now to their whole their work. Parents' work is being on the line because they have to take more time off to help with. Now they have to do more edu- homeschooling. Uh, not that homeschooling is bad. I, I you know we we are fortunate to do homeschooling. Lael and and myself. Um, but it it's it's um it's causing everything mm-hmm. to reset well um, and and let me just inter- interject here too i mean we know statistically that okay while karma summit 2020 is calling is saying that the pandemic has afforded us this great opportunity to spread compassion around the globe you know to create a new normal based on compassion we know statistically that during this lockdown there is more severe child abuse happening than ever. Children that uh, parents used to bring into ERs and saying, oh, well, they fell out of a tree and that's why they have broken limbs. Now parents are racing their children to the ER saying, are they even alive? Because people are cooped up. The frustration levels are off the charts. The anxiety levels are off the charts. People are committing suicide. There's nothing about the lockdown that is protecting life. And Cal Beisner, um, uh, Dr. Jones was recently um, on an interview with Dr. Cal Beisner on the Cornwall Alliance, which is really worth um, finding on his website and listening to um, about the elections. Cal Beisner, gosh, fairly early in to the pandemic lockdowns, from his vast knowledge and experience, he articulated and explained to people the, the, the far greater danger of the impoverishment globally and the, the uh, increase in the death rate that's going to far exceed anything from COVID that poverty is going to bring. That's an excellent article. He had done it um, as a webcast, but he had um, technical uh, glitches and the audio was very hard to listen to, but I noticed they've recently transcribed it and it's on the website. But this is important. This is not being addressed. So what um, uh, Cuomo, uh, well, um, de Blasio, the mayor of New York City, is doing um, is creating massive poverty. It's also affecting our economy because look at what look at what's happening. Government bailouts, okay, instead of people going to work and earning a living as they want to do, now they're getting government checks as we've had to print more and more money. We're going to be on the verge of hyperinflation, and it's developing a dependency mindset on the government. I mean, this is, I, I just personally believe there's far more behind the pandemic and these lockdowns than the concern for the welfare of people. They're putting everybody out of business, creating fear, anger, anxiety, frustration, 
suicidal tendencies, and they won't let you go out to eat in New York. I mean, yeah, I mean, even even if if you didn't think that the restrictions being put on by mayors and governors on business, you even if you thought, well, they should do this just to keep people safe. And if you bought into that and believe that was, or I shouldn't say bought into that because I don't want to offend some of our listeners who, who think that this is a good thing. Uh, you can't ignore it that at the same time, there's, there's massive things that are shifting and making things of great unrest and, and, and causing um, people's lives to be completely destroyed uh, and it's not the virus that's causing their lives to be destroyed. It's this living in a lockdown mode. And it's Absolutely. causing people not to be able to flourish. Yeah, it's the exact opposite of human flourishing because it's really ideologically driven by humanism, by man. And when we enthrone man as God, well, I mean, just like even for instance, you think about COVID-19, what we now know about the pandemic, we know that it has a component, an aspect of SARS. SARS is in COVID. Okay, it is a novel coronavirus. They've been around for a while. We understand coronaviruses. Um, when SARS was going around the world, it was equally as deadly. You know, people, the, the median age of people, of, of people who are dying from COVID is 78, and the vast majority of them have two and more uh, well, I think the statistic is 2.5 comorbidities, meaning these were really sick people to begin with. And, and then, you know, maybe they had COVID in addition, but they probably died of the underlying conditions that are called comorbidities, meaning they were life-threatening to begin with. The CDC has recently come out. Um, it had originally said 160,000 people, uh, maybe about 164,000, something like that. Uh, I don't remember the exact number, but uh, over 160,000 people have died in the U.S. from COVID-19. They recently revised that and admitted that only 6% of those cases, which is 9,600 people, actually died from COVID. The others had the multiple comorbidities were the median age was 78 years of age and higher. <clears throat> and they died with it, not from it. So, you know, in the past, you know, when, when there was the big Ebola scare, we didn't get shut down. When SARS was rampaging, we didn't get shut down. But everybody now, the news media has created an atmosphere of fear, of suspicion, and in, interestingly, a passive submission to the overreach, I believe, it's my opinion, of many uh, agencies of our government. So. Yeah. So. In closing, because we are now out of time, I think though that we did well in in um, in tackling everything. 
Would you agree? Or do you, do you feel like we could go back and, and relook at some of those things? Well, I, I think we gave a good overview generally mm -hmm. um, to what's happening. I mean, it's, it's, I'm actually trying to write on this and I'm finding that as, as I do, there's so many tangents just in so many definitions of things that have to be given. It's a kind of an overwhelming process. I'm hoping I can uh, get that out. But I, I think at least we've given a good, uh, a good overview to people um, initially, a good introduction. Yeah, it's, you know, I, just, just uh, alone with, with, with the, um, the three E's, economics, environment, and um, education. Equity. Equ excuse me, equity. And, and then with, with it as it being a system to reset everything or using the pandemic to reset something. And you know that, that this kind of, this thing just doesn't happen overnight. This kind right. of planning doesn't just happen overnight. Um, this, is, this is something that, that, that you have been talking about and Dr. Jones has been talking about for a long time. Um, they, this, this type of plan has been waiting to reset and jettison the Christian worldview from, from culture. So a Christian response would be, well, one is pray. That's the most important Absolutely. thing that we need to be doing. Uh, two is a rallying of Christians to speak the truth boldly to some Absolutely. of these ideologies. Um, and so I, I think of a number of ministries that are doing that and doing it well. Calvin Beisner, whom you names, named earlier, uh, Andrew Sandlin, yes. um, uh, Joe folks, yeah, Joseph, Joe Boot, um, Dr. Joe Boot, um, I think of Christian Concern, um, and, and there's many, many more, but I'm just naming a couple. And our friend of the ministry, Dr. Stephen Shavura in Australia. Yep. Uh, Carl Tykrib is another yes. gentleman who, who is actively engaging some of these issues. Um, and then, and then we can go out with optimism and, and zeal because the gospel is yeah, the power of God. Uh, this, this Karma Summit has, has a false gospel. Uh, and you, you mentioned it earlier about uh, that the, the it's works and, and trusting in your inner goodness. Well, mm -hmm. we thank the Lord that, that Christ has come and has done what the Father had asked and and the work of the cross and the resurrection and the hope of the life to come. So Pam, we are we are truly out of time. Thank you again for coming back on the show. It's good to good to do this. Thank you so much, Joshua. Enjoy being with you. <laughs>